Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. Everybody, even billionaires, like I don't care who you are, like we like to be surprised and delighted and we like to be, most people I would say, walk around feeling underappreciated, not overappreciated. Um, whether it's by your family, by your employees, by your kids, um, maybe not your dog. Maybe your dog is the one thing. Like you want, you know, animals are great because they, they they show love and appreciation constantly, no matter what. But in general, most people feel underappreciated by their most important relationships. And so, I think when when you gift, no strings attached, and it's not an obligatory year end. Like I hate gifts. Like I I, I don't I, I don't send one gift between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because it's an, that's an obligation. Um, I like to send gifts just because. Because when somebody gets a gift and it's, hey, just because I was thinking of you or, hey, just because of who you are, I think I don't care if you live in South America or you live in the middle of Nowheresville, Ohio. Like, that's, that makes people feel a certain way. And I think that we all crave that, that, uh, that appreciation and that acknowledgement as a human being. And when you tap into that feeling – it's a powerful, powerful feeling, and I think we're all wired at a, at a DNA level, um, some more than others, to want to reciprocate it some way, shape, or form eventually. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. John, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm really excited. Yeah. So, you know, I was introduced to you by way of our mutual friend, John Corcoran, who was a former guest here on The Unmistakable Creative. And he told me a little bit about the work that you do. And I was immediately drawn to it. I was like, yeah, we got to talk about this. But before we go there, um, I want to actually do a, a deep dive into your personal story and your background. And I want to start uh, with what your parents did for a living and how did that influence the choices that you've ended up making with your life? And uh, what, if any, were the inflection points of your upbringing that ultimately led you to doing the work that you're doing today? Yeah, well, I, I grew up, um, I, my stepfather really kind of raised me. I, I, my uh, my dad was, uh, was in sales, but really not super involved. But I grew up one of six kids on a farm in, in the middle of Nowheresville, Ohio, of all places. Uh, the, the, the town had 500 people in one stoplight. I grew up on 50 acres. Uh, every morning, I milk goats. Um, so it's not exactly the, uh, the entrepreneurial start that, uh, that maybe a lot of people have had. Um, you know, hoeing the garden. Like we had a one, most people like live on like, you know, maybe in the suburbs, a third acre. Like we had a one acre garden. And so like, you know, in the middle of the summer right now, like when I go outside, I'm like, I'm, I'm so thankful that I'm not still on the farm bailing hay and not that there was anything wrong with it. Like it taught me work ethic and, and persistence. And it also taught me what I didn't really want to be doing necessarily the rest of my life. Um, you know, 95 degree weather and a hay mile, um, you know, like with just covered in dust and just, it was, uh, it was tough. I mean, we, my my wife kind of makes fun of uh, makes fun of me because she grew up on three thousand acres. So she's like, we forgot to plant fifty acres every year. But I'm like, we worked hard on our fifty acres. Our we heated our house with wood, and um, I was I've always been kind of an overachiever. And I think part of the reason was is where I grew up. Like we didn't have money, and uh, it's not like we were starving. But I wasn't the kid wearing Air Jordans or in my time British Knights um, to school. I remember those. Do you remember those shoes? Yeah, I hadn't uh, heard. Of, I, I hadn't remember them until you just mentioned them. Uh, I mean, I, I remember. I remember like wanting, like being in like first grade, and like my buddies who were into basketball, and you know they they were like the cool kids. And, um, you know, I'm like wearing like miters, like these, the worst shoes on the planet. <laughs> and, uh, and they're wearing like brand new British Knights and my miters weren't even new. Like they're like hand me downs or like my mom could take like $5. Um, literally I remember like her like going to garage sales and like, she'd be like chewing people down from like 25 cents to 10 cents for like a shirt or a pair of shorts or whatever else. Cause she, I mean, there was limited resources to outfit six kids. She could take $5 and outfit us for like six years. It's like, it was crazy. Um, so I, I, I was an overachiever. I, I went to school, got straight A's, um, was hustling candy on the side. Like a lot of entrepreneurs, like I just found, you know, an opportunity to buy something and flip it, but I never really, there, the word entrepreneur didn't exist, at least not in, in Ohio circles. Like it was just like, if you wanted something, you had to go make money to go buy it. So like you would hustle, you didn't really call it hustling. You just like, you just go work. Um, and so I thought I'd go be a doctor or a lawyer. You get straight A's, you're poor. You grew up in Nowheresville. Um, that, that was my thought. And so my mom was like, she was like the, the person on, you know, she was a stay at home mom. 
raising six kids, but she was the one that was like shipping in vitamins. Like 30 years ago, like the idea of eating like buckwheat pancakes and eating things from scratch was like not the norm in our area. And I don't think it was the norm in most of the country. And, but she was like, she was a nurse and she had left the nursing industry and was like doing all these like cutting edge health things, but was really, she was kind of like a, a whole foods kind of gal, you know, 30 years before her time. So I thought I'd go make mom proud and go be like a chiropractor, a DO. And um, my stepdad, he was a water engineer, which is, you know, he basically treated wastewater and during the day and then come home and like would work another four or five hours on the farm at night and on weekends. And he also had a tree business. So he was kind of an entrepreneur and a hustler, but I mean, there never seemed to be enough money to go around. And, but we, you know, we're well taken care of. We had cows, we had goats, we had chickens and pigs and I raised sheep. Um, you know, I was in 4-H. I don't know if you know what 4-H is. If you you grew up up in that area, uh, I'm not even sure where you're from, but, um, some people are like, what the heck is 4-H? I'm like, (laughs) um, but yeah, raised goats and all that kind of stuff. And then when I went to school, I thought I I was going to get out of school debt free by starting some sort of business or doing something. I I didn't want to take out any loans. And I went to a pretty higher end, small liberal arts school. And, uh, and so I started a little business with a, a, a little red S10 pickup truck and a little ladder rack and a 30-foot orange ladder. And I was on, if you're familiar with Time Warner Cable, they have like these lines that need little parts replaced. And I could average like six or seven parts an hour and essentially was making like $40, $50 an hour as a freshman in college, which, you know, 16 years ago was, well, even now, $40, $50 an hour for a college kid. You can go to work at Gap for like $7 an hour, 8 bucks an hour. Um, but fortunately or unfortunately, I ended up getting, I ended up falling off this 30 foot ladder, um, two different times. And both times I landed, I was in a residential area that particular time and landed in mulch where I'm like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. I'm trying to go to school to be a doctor and I'm going to like, I'm going to end up like a paraplegic, you know, from trying to make money to go to school. Like this is silly. And so that's when I went and interned for, I was looking for other things. I was like, do I be a waiter? Like, how can you make more than forty or fifty dollars an hour and not like risk your life? Um, and that's why I interned with uh, with Cutco. Are you familiar with the Cutco company? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so they they have an internship program. There's been a million and a half kids that went through their program, and I thought I was praying to God that I would be able to last a summer, like because in my I remember like talking to my mom and finding out that she actually owned Cutco knives that she bought before she was married. Wow. And so I'm like. You know, like, mom, how did you afford these knives? And like, and she's like, well, I bought them before I was married. I paid them off over like 18 months and I wanted to be a perfect housewife. And I'm like, really? You spent that much on knives? And she's like, yeah, they're awesome. And I said, well, I think I'm going to go sell them. And she's like, none of our friends can afford Cutco knives. Are you serious? And I'm like, mom, like you've owned the product for like 30 years. Like that's not the pep talk I was really going for here. Like, you know, like if you don't believe in it, like this is going to be tough. But um, I'm like, you know what? I'll give it six weeks. And so I was driving all over the state of Ohio. I did 40 appointments in my first 10 days. And really what was magical and what changed me was I was dating a girl at the time and her dad was an attorney and he was on the board of trustees of the school. And he was the guy that like everybody in town seemed to go to with their idea and all the opportunities. He owned all these things that were non-attorney related, like he owned oil wells and banks and whatever else. And and referrals seemed to flow his way. And he was he was the most generous person I'd ever met, literally even to this day. And, uh, and so I remember pitching him the idea of giving away pocket knives to all his clients because he was giving things away all the time. And it was like before church on a Sunday morning, he's like, he leaned back in his chair and he's like, uh, what about pairing knives? And I'm like, Paul, you're going to give grown men like to own like pallet manufacturing companies and home builders and you're going to give them pairing knives? And, uh, and he's like, yeah, John, I, I, uh, I found that if you take care of the family uh, and that inner circle is what I now call it, he's like, everything else takes care of itself. And so that was my sophomore year of college. And that was the game changer for me. I, I realized Paul understood relationship building at a level that I'd never experienced. And when you grow up poor, you see people being generous. And I started to apply that and teach that. And by the time I was a senior in college, I was Cutco's largest international distributor out of about a million and a half people. Not because I was the best salesperson, because I had no sales experience whatsoever, um, other than selling candy at study hall. Um, 
but I under, I started to teach this philosophy and concept that we now call giftology and radical generosity. And, um, yeah, that was 16 years ago. So that, that, that's kind of my foundation. Okay. So many questions come from that. Um, <clears throat> one of them is what has been the impact on your perspective on relationships from being both raised in such a small town and also being part of such a big family? Well, I, I mean, I think you learn, um, sharing at a very early age, like you can't be very selfish um, when you have five other people vying for the same thing. I think you also learn in relationships, at least, I mean, my wife hates this, but um, I can eat food faster than most human beings on the planet because there was, <laughs> there, was, there was no seconds in our house, like whatever was made. And if you got seconds, if you ate fast enough to get before your brothers ate the next, like the last couple bites of whatever the pizza or the, the stew or the whatever... Um, and so I think there, you, you know, frankly, I, I learned a little bit of a scarcity mentality, like there was never enough. And so I think that it was a radical shift for me to say, like, to go from like, not enough to like, there's going to be plenty. And I think without like, really witnessing firsthand what I witnessed when I was that sophomore in college and, and seeing somebody so generous I, I, I think if I hadn't saw all the success that Paul had and how things worked behind the scenes for a couple of years of, of kind of being a part of that family, I wouldn't have believed it. And so I think that, you know, like we, we, you know, my, my siblings and I, we have each other's back. We grew up in a small town. Um, we weren't super involved in the community. Like we kind of kept to ourselves and you kind of make your own fun and, uh, my wife would say I'm kind of like the MacGyver at home cause I'm not really handy, but I can, if you give me some duct tape and, and, uh, you know, a paper clip and whatever else, like I can make just about anything work. And so I, I would say I'm pretty flexible and adaptive in that way. Mm-hmm. And, and even in relationships and as an entrepreneur, I think that served me well of like, you know, you're not equipped with necessarily the right tools, but you figure out the angle and you just make it work. So I think, you know, my upbringing has served me well in that way. But I think the rewiring the, the scarcity mindset was definitely uh, took a little bit of, uh, of time and, and energy and, and being around the right people. All right. Well, let's do a deeper dive into the whole idea of rewiring the scarcity mindset because, you know, it's it's such a, a an interesting paradox to me that you come from this very poor family and yet, you know, your your entire work is centered around this idea of generosity and and you know, we'll, we'll which we will get into in much more detail. Um so I I'm curious, you know, having grown up without money and having made that shift from scarcity to one of abundance, uh, you know, one like what is your perspective on wealth and money now? Uh how has it changed it? And then I guess, you know, the, the bigger question that probably is in a lot of people's minds is how do they change it if the if the situation isn't what they want it to be? Yeah, well I think, you know, like any I, I don't know who you know, there's so many different quotes out there, but the idea of you become, you know, the books you read and the and the people you surround yourself with and so I think you know, from a faith perspective, like I, I would say that, you know, I, I spend a decent amount of time reading the Bible and, and also studying religion and history. And, and, you know, you look at some of the most successful people and the happiest people, they've, they've been generous. They've been super generous. Like I think Helen Keller said, Helen Keller, or, or, um, you know, that nobody's ever become poor from, from giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that I've, I've kind of, you know, pounded into my head the idea of generosity and you reap what you sow and, you know, the idea of reciprocity. I think that, you know, I, I'm an avid reader. And so I think that what you read, you end up becoming. Um, and then the, the types of people that I surround myself with, you know, Adam Grant's book, Give and Take, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I've, I think I've naturally been drawn to givers because it's who I want to be. And, uh, and, I want that to rub off on me and, and I want to be inspired. So if you look at my inner circle of friends, um, you know, I just had lunch with a guy, John Hall from influence and co like he's a giver, like that's just who he is. And, um, and so I, I, I'm very careful with my time and not that I'm like, like, you know, there's not like a million walls around me, but I try to surround myself with good people and, and put good things in my head and focus on those things. And, and over the last 16 years, it's amazing. Um, I saw early on when I started to gift with no strings attached, I saw people's responses to it. When I gifted like Paul and I would see people light up and they'd be like, why are you doing this? Like, what do you like? Are you going to ask me for something? And I'm like, no, I, no, no strings attached. And people would like light up. And then I would see doors open six months later, in some cases, six years later. 
And for me, at least, it became addictive. Like I, the more you give, you start to see responses and, and things start to shift. Like it, um, over the course of 16 years, it just becomes kind of automatic. But at first, it was like, am I really going to spend $200 on a carving set and send that out to somebody and ask them to carve out time or thank them for carving out time or whatever the theme of the node and the whatever was? Or am I really just going to send that to somebody and not ask for anything in return? And and um, it was painful at first when you're in college and you're like trying to make ends meet and you're spending a hundred or two hundred dollars that week on a on a gift like that was like that was a big deal. Um, and now like we send out a couple hundred thousand dollars a year of gifts um, to people and you know sent uh, saunas to people and just crazy stuff. And it um, I, I still enjoy it. It's still fun. It's still kind of a rush. It's, to me, it's like going to to Vegas and like rather than putting a hundred dollar chip on black, um, you know, I, I love putting, you know, a hundred dollar, a thousand dollar gift on this person and, and letting it ride and see what happens. And sometimes it's amazing. And sometimes it takes seven years for that seed to grow. All right. So we'll, we'll come back to this, uh, because I, I really want to do a deep dive into the entire concept of strategic gifting and, uh, some of the, all of the things that you talked about, but I want to go back to something, uh, that you mentioned earlier, which is faith. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, I've had a handful of people who have talked about the role that faith has played in their life, uh, whether that happens to be in the form of religion, whether it happens to be in the form of spirituality. And so I'm curious, I mean, like, what is the role that faith has played in your life, in your career? Um, and, you know, like, it seems to me that some semblance of faith is a foundational aspect of anybody who's done anything of great significance. At least that's what I keep finding as I keep digging. Yeah. Well, I think for me, it's kept me, it's done a couple of different things. I mean, it's something I grew up, my family was a family of faith. We went to church every Sunday and, and uh, I made my faith personal and, and, um, you know, uh, became, you know, follower of Jesus or, or a Christian or whatever, I guess, parameters or, you know, humanly words you want to put around it. When I was 16, 17 years old and kind of made that like, and that became a big shifting point of where I went to school and what I thought and what I did. But I think at a core level for me, it's, it's, um, it's kept me grounded and, um, I feel very grateful for, um, you know, for the, for where I've been born and who, you know, even though I was poor, who my parents were and, you know, the fact that I'm in the U S I feel like a lot has been given to me. And so I think that I felt this, you know, kind of urge inside always to say like, you know, when my life is done, what's my legacy going to be? And, you know, if there is an eternity, like, and I'm going to meet my maker if there is a maker and all these different things. Like I want to, I want to be able to look them in the face and say like, well, I was given a lot and I did a lot and I was generous. And I, um, and so I think it's, you know, the, the days where I'm like, do I really, do I really need to go out there and keep hustling? And part of me is like, dude, you've been given a thousand times more than just, you know, than billions of people get your rear end out of bed and go do something like you've been given a lot. And so I think it's been a motivating factor for me. And, and it's also kept me grounded and realized like, you know, because so much has been given and I, uh, I can't take credit for everything because there's certain things that happened in my life that were not a result of me. They were a result of, you know, whether you want to call it God or a higher power or, or whatever your belief is for me, it's my, you know, my Christian beliefs have really kept me kind of focused and, and uh, not taking things for granted, at least doing a better job, hopefully, of not uh, you know getting out of perspective of of uh, where I kind of fall in the world. So I want to ask you uh, a little bit more about the Cutco time. I mean, to rise as quickly as you did uh, at such a young age. I mean, that's you know to be exposed to success at a super early age. I think uh, gives you a certain perspectives on things, and I'm curious you know, what you learned, um, other than the generosity piece during that time that you have applied to your life and your work going forward? Yeah. Well, I think, um, when you're walking into somebody's house and you don't know them and you don't know them, their family, like people's houses, it's not like walking into an office building. Like it's not cold. Like you're walking into somebody's home. Like people don't invite you into their home. Unless, typically, unless you're a friend or, uh, you know, family or, you know, like somebody that's close in general. And so like I'm walking in not knowing them. And, and, and I would say that um, I learned how to build relationships quickly and how to kind of, you know, how to be vulnerable and how to make that kind of interpersonal connection 
fast because I mean I was able to walk out even before I started selling the companies. You know, our my close rate uh, was nine out of ten people would spend about five hundred dollars with me, um, and that's after you know spending forty five minutes to an hour and a half. Sometimes you know appointments would go two three hours where you're like cooking dinner for them and whatever else. But I think I learned how to connect with people really quickly and create that common bond. Um, I think I learned, um, you know, how to handle rejection because not everybody would say yes and how to do that with grace. And, and I think that, um, you know, frankly, you know, a lot of businesses rise and fall based upon referral. So whether somebody buys or not, like, do they like you and do they want you to succeed? And, you know, I average on, you know, on average eight to 10 leads or referrals where people would say, here's a friend of mine. I want you to go sell them knives. Like that's a, that's a big leap after spending an hour with somebody or two hours with somebody. And so I think that served me well of how to connect with somebody, inspire somebody to want to be bought into to my vision of what and mission of what I was doing. And at the time, it, you know, it was a college student wanting to make their way. But after college, like I, you know, like I wasn't the poor college kid anymore. I still had to be able to connect with people and inspire them. And so I think that uh, those kind of, interpersonal that's why I, I basically say i don't care what you're going to go do i think that whether it's cutco or southwestern books or like going and having to connect with people in their home and sell them something and sell yourself to them i think is a skill that um, every entrepreneur or business person or creative or even a pastor or teacher everybody's selling something and if you ever want to get married you have to sell yourself to the other person like i i think it's uh, it's a very like, whether you do it for a summertime or like you know f- for me sixteen years later I still we still own Cutco's largest distributorship it's not our core business but um, I, I all my girls will sell Cutco in some way shape or form um, whether they want to go be a teacher or whether they want to be you know go save the world like on a mission trip or whatever else like I think it's uh, it's been foundational to me to the point where. I have a great relationship with my university, but I would trade my four-year degree for one summer of uh, of selling Cutco because of all the things I learned in that in that three-month time period were just unbelievable. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mm. You know, it's interesting because I've, you know, I'm sure we've had other guests here who probably had the Cutco background. Uh, you know, I know for a fact we have. The, the other thing is, you know, as you're saying that, it reminded me of a conversation I had. I, I remember being interviewed for this web analytics company, and my last conversation was with the CEO. And he said, we're not going to hire you, but he said, I want you to know something. He said, you're working in sales. And he said, and that is a foundational skill. He said, everybody who he said everybody at some point in their life should do it and experience it because he said it'll give you invaluable skills that you'll be able to carry into your future. Yep. And you know, now when I speak from a stage, I realize, okay, yeah, that, that, you know, I'm not doing exactly that, but those skills have definitely come full circle. You're selling, man. I mean, you're selling. I mean, people have to like you and believe what you're saying. And, and, uh, you know, selling is a, yeah, it's such a valuable skill. And, 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 and whether you're an entry level person or whether you're, uh, you know, whether the CEO, you see a lot of CEOs of the best companies. You know, Steve Jobs, he was a salesman. I mean, he was a, he was a, uh, he was amazing at sales. Hmm. Well, let's do this. Let's let's shift gears a little bit and let's start getting into this whole idea of of giftology and, and strategic gifting. And I, I think where I really want to begin is with something you said, and that is the idea of no strings attached, uh, because. I realize often people will do things thinking that they're doing them without strings attached, but somewhere deep down there is this expectation that they want something in return for it. I know because I've experienced it firsthand from other people. Yeah. Well, I think there's a difference um, between expectation, you know, obligation, Mm -hmm. kind of used interchangeably, and hope. Yeah. So I think we all, you know, like nobody's running a business uh, not to make profit. Or if they are, like, I don't know, what are you doing? Like, Every business is hopeful that you'll make sales, that they'll build relationships and partnerships. And so, but I do think that there's a big difference between a, hey, I hope that this pays off somewhere down the line. And, and I've seen some of the things for me pay off. Seven years seems to be like this magic number for me. I don't know why. Like it took me seven years to land the Chicago Cubs as clients. It took me seven years to land the largest home builder in the, in the country. I don't know why. Maybe, I hope it's not, you know, for other people it takes seven years, but there's, I, and in a lot of those cases, I was giving no strings attached, not ask, not saying like you better do this or I, you know, like holding it over their head. And so I think that everybody, even billionaires, like I don't care who you are, like we like to be surprised and delighted, and we like to be. Most people, I would say, walk around feeling underappreciated, not overappreciated. Um, whether it's by your family, by your employees, by your kids. Um, maybe not your dog maybe your dog is the one thing like one you know animals are great because they 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 show love and appreciation constantly no matter what but in general most people feel underappreciated by their most important relationships and so i think when when you gift no strings attached and it's not an obligatory year end like i hate gifts like i i I don't I, i don't send one gift between thanksgiving and christmas because it's an that's an obligation um I like to send gifts just because. Because when somebody gets a gift and it's, hey, just because I was thinking of you or, hey, just because of who you are, I think I don't care if you live in South America or you live in the middle of Nowheresville, Ohio. Like that's, That makes people feel a certain way. And I think that we all crave that, that, uh, that appreciation and that acknowledgement as a human being. And when you tap into that feeling – it's a powerful, powerful feeling, and I think we're all wired at a, at a DNA level, um, some more than others, to want to reciprocate it some way, shape, or form eventually, and um, and that comes out in different ways. Sometimes, you know, like a John, like a guy like John Corcoran is an amazing connector. Mm-hmm. He loves to reciprocate with opening doors, where somebody else might be, you know, a reciprocate with business or a gift or a word of affirmation or you know, like the five love languages. There's different ways that you can reciprocate. Um, but that's a powerful feeling to tap into and, and do things just because. 
Wow. Okay. So, you know, there's a couple of things that come to mind here. I mean, one is, you know, I know there are people who keep score because I've seen them do it with me. Um, (laughs) I experienced something like that very recently. Like I'd asked somebody for something and they listed out literally all these favors they had supposedly done me, uh, which was amazing. And it was just a a really vicious reply to an email, you know, uh, that I had sent with a list of every favor that this person had supposedly done me, all of which included an hour coffee and, you know, me paying to go to one of their events. (laughs) So (laughs) that blew my mind, you know, and it made me really think about this idea of of people who keep score. Uh, But in addition to that, I mean, I I think the, the bigger question that, that is on our mind. Well, I, first I want to actually uh, have you talk about some of the things that you've done. You know, I've been fortunate enough to be exposed to the work through your book, but I I'd love for you to share some of the stories of, you know, the gifts that you've given and where they've led. So people kind of have an idea of the power of this. Yeah. Well, one, one of the earliest ones that I did, I, you know, like many people, you know, you join an organization, maybe you're green, maybe you're going to your first event or mastermind event or, or conference. And for me, I, I joined EO, uh, a mentor of mine who owned like 20 companies said, hey, there's this organization you really should, should be a part of. There's 10,000 entrepreneurs from around the world. And I'm like, if the guy owns 20 companies and, and says this is an organization you should be in, I, I, I gave him my credit card and signed up for the first conference before I was even officially a member. And uh, I remember going out to it. It's in Vegas. There's 1,200 CEOs from around the world. And I barely qualified to get into this organization. I mean, just barely. And there's companies there that are hundreds of millions of dollars. And so I'm like, do I really belong here? Like that kind of feeling. And I remember going to one of the breakouts and um, I almost didn't go because I'm like, this guy like, was COO of a junk company. Like, what is he going to teach me? And, uh, and then I saw it was like standing room only. And so I weaseled my way into this room and, uh, it was Cameron Harold. He started talking about, Hey, we grew a company from 2 million to 120 million. No, no debt. Um, in five years, 5,000 articles written about him, got on Oprah and all these other things. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is, and maybe you felt this way before where you meet somebody and you're like, this person could be a game changer for my business. Like, I don't want to be a groupie. I want that person to be an advocate, a friend, a mentor. And um, I'm sure I can't afford to hire him necessarily as a consultant, but I, I want to make an impression. And so I went up to him, waited like an hour afterwards, and um, found out he was coming to Cleveland. I was still in Ohio at the time. And um, and I said, what are you going to do when you're in town? He's like, well, I'm flying the night before. And I said, what are you going like, to hang out? You want to go to dinner? And he's like, I said I have I have Cavs tickets, great season, you know, great tickets. LeBron's in town. Um, it's opening night, and you could tell like going to dinner in a ball game. He's going to do that a hundred times this year, which is what most people's like go to like way of wowing somebody is. Hey, dinner in a ball game. Like uh, nobody's ever thought of that before. And you could tell like he said yes because he didn't have anything else to do. Um, I said, well, "Are you going to do anything else?" And he said, "Yeah, actually, I, the dollar is really weak. I'm I'm from Can- I'm from Vancouver. I'm going to do a bunch of shopping at my favorite store." And I'm thinking in my head, "Well, maybe this is an angle." And uh, and, he, and I said, "What's that?" And he said, "Brooks Brothers." And I'm like, "Oh." Um, on the spot, I'm like, "I'm a Jose Bank guy. What's your shirt size? I want to send you a shirt." And he looked at me like this bewildered kind of like, does this dude have a man crush on me? Because like he's asking me my shirt size within two minutes of having a conversation. Like he was just, you could tell he's kind of wigged out. Um, but he told me and then I said, what else are you going to do? He said nothing. I said, all right, great. Let's, can't wait to have you in Cleveland. And so I had this idea and I went to my business partner. Like, I just sold half the business to. He's like, dude, you're crazy. Like, no, we can't do that. I'm like, trust me. Like this is, we have to do something over the top of this guy. He's like, I don't know, I don't know. And so that morning that he's supposed to be flying in at night, you know, later that afternoon, he, I started getting text messages. Hey, my flight's delayed. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. I'm going to miss my connecting flight. You know, I'm going to be late, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no worries. Like, whenever you get in, even if it's we have to miss dinner, we'll just go to the second half of the game. And uh, I'm like, Rod, we have to do this. And he's like, all right, if it doesn't work, it's coming out of your draw. And I'm like, all right, fine. So I drive up to Cleveland. Um, I go into the Brooks Brothers. I put down the American Express and I'm pouring with sweat. One, because I've like hustled up there, but two, I'm like, I'm scared to death. I'm like, this is insane. And I said, here's the guy's sizes. I want one of everything in your new fall collection, all your shirts, jackets, sweaters, pants, everything. And the junior sales associate's like, you're kidding, right? And I said, oh God, I wish I was, but no, I want one of everything. And so they 
put like they wheeled it out and it was like four carts of clothes and they they ran the Amex and I looked down and it was seven thousand dollars. I'm like, oh my gosh, this better work. And so that we loaded it into my Suburban, drove over to the Ritz, and I said, hey, I asked for the GM. I said, hey, you have this guy coming to town. He's one of the top business consultants in the world. He's amazing. Would you like to do something special? And of course, it's the Ritz. What do they say? So yeah. And so we go and we merchandise this whole hotel room to look like a Brooks Brothers store. Sweaters here, jackets over there, stuff on the bed. And then I'm downstairs with my business partner in the lobby bar, like having a drink and my hands shaking and I'm, I'm just, I'm a nervous wreck and Cameron gets in and, and when he walked in, you could tell like, he's like, why did I ever agree to this dinner? Like it was one of those travel days from hell. He's like, why did I ever agree to this? And I said, Hey Cameron, go take a shower, relax, come back down whenever you're ready. No worries. Like we'll go to the game whenever. And he goes, he leaves, goes to the, you know, goes to the elevator and about 25 minutes later, he comes back down and he's got this, he's beaming. His eyes are like the size of silver dollars. And he said, John, I've had a lot of people do really cool things for me. I thought the Four Seasons was amazing. When I went out for a run, they had a bottle of water and a towel waiting for me and they knew me by name. He's like, I've texted pictures and sent it to John DeJulius and some of the top customer service authors in the world. He said, whatever you want to talk about for as long as you want to talk about it, I'm all ears. And then, you know, you fast forward you know, the last eight, nine years, like he's become a, fr- you know, very close friend is I was invited to his 50th birthday party, his wife, his wedding, he's opened doors, you know, he's coaching like the, sh- the shake of Qatar, like he's coaching some of the biggest people in the world. And every one of them, he's like, John, if you want me to send him a book, if you want to send, if we, you know, we sent gifts to them, he's opened up doors with like the president of Starbucks, like people I couldn't have probably opened with $10 million with advertising. He's become, part of our inner circle. And if you read the book, Giftology, it's the opening chapter in the book. He's given quotes and blurbs and, and, uh, he's become one of those kind of people that, uh, you know, he just sings our praises from stages all over the world. This episode of the podcast, just like every other episode, is sponsored by HostGator. So I told you at the beginning of the podcast about how starting a website can be the catalyst for uh, you know, eventually getting bigger projects off the ground, like writing a book, like recording an album, whatever it is. No matter what you're trying to do, starting a website can be one of the easiest uh, first steps. And you know, even if you don't know what you want to do, sometimes this can actually be a really revealing first step because it can give you ideas. It kind of gives you a creative sandbox to play. And in fact, we have tons of websites that you guys probably have never heard of that go through this entire process. And fortunately, our friends at HostGator can help you to get started because they're providing 30% off all of their hosting packages. Uh, so visit HostGator.com slash creative and use the promo code creative for 30% off at checkout. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, I, I I remember that story very distinctly and I was like, okay, this is, I'm so glad you told it because it was such a, a compelling story. I think the first thing that is going to go through people's minds, and I think you know exactly where we're going with this, <laughs> is... $7,000. Like, I don't have the luxury of doing that because if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be a lot more screwed than not having my draw the next month. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that, that to me is the first objection I think that will come up in somebody's mind having heard that story. And I know you've addressed this. So, so tell me, you know, kind of like, how do you manage to do things that are over the top? I mean, in my mind, the word for that is unmistakable. Um, how do you do stuff like that and at the same time manage not to like break the bank doing it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the goal is to be, you know, get to, to give, you know, more than is reasonable, but to still stay in business. Like the goal isn't like, <laughs> or, you know, like I, the, the goal isn't to bet the entire farm, but maybe like if you have 50 acres, bet five of the acres. So it's managing the risk and, and making calculations. So you don't do that for everybody. Um, but I think that the interesting thing about that is I kind of knew a guy's traveling in for one day, like he can't take all the clothes back with him unless he buys luggage and he's probably not going to do that. So let's say he takes half the clothes. I, I, I didn't even think you take half the clothes. Yeah. Um, and so I was thinking, well, maybe it'll cost me two or three grand at most. Um, and I was also, you know, thinking, well, maybe he won't take any of the clothes. Maybe he thinks I'm a stalker. Like I, I you know, like I, I was over the map of what could happen, but the other, the interesting part that happened, and this happens a lot when you, when you go above and beyond and give radically, um, it inspires the other person to want to reciprocate back or at least to be like, oh my gosh. Like I, I, and, and for him, he came to me and said, John, here's one of two things going to happen. One, you're going to tell me how much – I'm going to pick some of the clothes and I'm going to take, take them with me. And you're going to tell me how much those were so I can write a check for that. Or I'm going to round up by like 30% and just send you the money. 
because the gift was you putting yourself out there and taking care of and treating me this way. The experience, I can't let you buy the product as well. So that experience cost me nothing. And I would say that in general, um, you know, there are times when you do a gift and you spend $100, $500, $1,000 and you miss and it doesn't work or, you know, 1% of our gifts get sent back. And so what I love about that is that it scares most people away from doing it at all. And so they say, well, I can't do $7,000 so I won't do anything or I got one of the gifts back so I'm going to stop sending gifts or my, one of my clients can't receive gifts or 10% can't receive gifts so I'm not going to do gifting at all. And so it keeps the people that do gifting at a really high level in a very in a, almost like in a blue ocean. Like they're able to because most people either suck at gifting or they don't do gifting at all. And they'll spend, you know, they'll pick up a bar tab for five hundred dollars, or they'll do a trade show for five thousand dollars. And meanwhile, all of their competitors are doing the same thing. So I love the fact that there is a there is an element of risk, and most people because they don't have anybody modeling it or teaching it. They just shy away from it and they don't do it or they get a bad experience and they stop doing it. And, and so it makes when I do gifting or my clients do gifting, it really stands out because it's such a untapped resource. Um, but I like that edginess to it. And, and, um, and it is something that you don't have to do seven. Like most of my gifts are not $7,000. Like most of the gifts I send out are like the knives and we do custom leather goods and whatever else that are practical, useful items they're the same price as a dinner around a golf or ball game ticket. So most of my gifts are between a hundred and five hundred dollars per gift. You know, I would say on average it's probably three hundred dollars. So I send out hundreds of gifts per year to people. Um, I'm not looking to, you know, melt their face off every single time. I'm looking to acknowledge them as a human being, and and uh, oftentimes you can do that if you do all the details that we talk about in giftology really well. A lot of times it's the timing of the gift, it's the personalization, it's the packaging, it's the handwritten note. It's all these little details. It's not just, you know, I, talk, I remember talking to, to Gary Vaynerchuk about this. He's like, sometimes you, you can just throw $3,000 at an Amazon gift card and the other person's like, well, that, uh, thank you, but that's one, I feel really uncomfortable taking $3,000 from you. And two, like, that's the most unthoughtful gift on the planet. Like, it took you like 2.7 seconds to click a button on you know on Amazon and it just feels weird and so oftentimes it's not spending more money it's taking the money that you are spending on relationship building and just being more creative and effective with it and I tell people all the time I can outdo somebody that spends five million dollars at these big trade shows because I will take they're like you know there's like they're spending all this money on this big mass advertising thing of like this like you know like atomic bomb I'd much rather have a rifle with just and pick off a few of the right people that I want as clients and blow their minds. And who cares about the other, you know, hundred thousand people at that event? Like I'd rather be very strategic and, and use a laser versus you know blowing through a massive budget just because I'm lazy. And that seems like the thing to do. So. Does that answer the seven thousand dollar question yeah, well? No, it, or? it totally does. I mean, it, it just set off a whole series of insights in my mind about things that I could be doing. Um, you know, like we, I'll I'll share it with you off air. But um, okay, you mentioned <laughs> that sometimes you miss. I would be curious to hear about one of the misses um, and what you've learned from the misses. Yeah, well, um, oh, actually, a recent client that we did some gifting for. Um, we, we sent out, in, in this case, it was they were going after some of the wealthiest people up in the Pacific Northwest. They're people that were worth like 10, 20 million and above. And this was a prospecting campaign. And uh, in this instance, <clears throat> they gave us data on these 50 individuals. And they were, we were, in this case, it was knife sets. They were getting like a $1,500 gift, but over the course of like three gifts. So every gift built on the other gift to complete the knife set. And they gave us two of the names that they gave us were the ex-wives names. Um, and we said these were going to the person's home. And so you can imagine the response of getting a really beautiful gift, but having ex-wife's name on the gift didn't really fire up the new wife very well. <laughs> um, and so they heard about it. But the interesting thing was it was a prospecting campaign. And one of the, per- one of the people actually said like, you know, like, hey, you're sending these beautiful gifts, but uh, they have my ex-wife's name on it. Like, I will actually take the meeting with you if you start sending me nice gifts like that with this is my new wife's name. 
And, uh, and so even though it was a backfire, it still, in, in one of the cases, actually ended up working, um, which we, we've had that happen before where you know, we misspell somebody's name and we, they send the gift back and they're, they're just furious, they're pissed. Um, and sometimes we lose that opportunity to have them as a, pro, you know, as a you know, prospective client. We had one instance where we sent gifts to a university and we didn't realize they were being investigated for fraud. And so, <laughs> and so all these gifts show up and all of a sudden like eight $300 gifts came right back. So $2,400 worth of gifts came right back to us. Um, but for every one of those, I mean, you have, you know, I tell people it's 80-20 rule. Like you might get 20% of the gifts back or whatever on some campaigns. 1% is the norm. Um, but you're going to have some times where you don't know what's – the person's going through a divorce or they're, they just, you know, they lost a child or you don't know what's going on in somebody's life. Um, and so you just never know how it's going to resonate. But, that would, you know, more times than not, people are like, wow, like this is – and, uh, and I hear this all the time. Like, this is one of the nicest gifts I've ever received in business. Like, I even had that when I sent gifts to you know some of the people at Google. They're like, in seven years of working at Google, this is the nicest gift I've ever received, and it was a hundred dollar gift. Wow. So it wasn't like we sent like them, you know, like uh, you know a Louis Vuitton bag for four grand. Like, <laughs> um, so, but yeah, you, you're going to have misses. You're going to have mistakes. You're going to have it's like any other part of business, but that's just part of the deal. Wow. Okay, so I want to wrap with a, a few sort of final questions. Uh, I, you know, I've been asking people about the artistic influences of their life because uh, it, you know it's kind of making me think about sort of a second book that I'm working on. What in your life have been uh, the books, uh, pieces of music, or documentary films that have profoundly impacted your life that you would recommend to people in our audience? And you can be uh, one of each, or just one of one of those three. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. Um probably because of my very like humble beginnings. I'm not a, um, like I grew up playing music, I grew up, you know, playing clarinet of all instruments. And then, play, <laughs> you know, which once again, told me, taught me what I didn't want to play. Yeah. Um, and, and then drums. Uh, I mean, I really enjoy music, but I wouldn't say that that's my inspiration or, or even documentaries. Like there's some, um, yeah, I, I would say books have been my thing, um, okay. to, to be like, that have been really influential in my life. And the first, um, book that I read, you know, it's not a, it's not a, a long or complicated book, but the raving fans by Ken Blanchard, um, just really taught me the power of having one raving fan was better than a thousand satisfied people. And so I, early on in my, you know, when I'm still in college, sophomore in college, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to go create raving fans. And it's, I've seen it play out where if I look at my business over the last 16 years, it's probably a dozen or two dozen people that have shifted my business radically. Now, I have a lot of people that have been important and there's hundreds, you know, like the acknowledgements in my book, it's like three pages long. There's a lot of people that have poured into me, but it's literally like small amounts of people that have been radically bought into who we are and what we do that have changed the game. And so that raving fans book was, um, was, you know, monumental. And, and I would say most recently, like give and take has kind of given me a playbook of understanding how to be a giver and not be taken advantage of, or at least protect myself. And so Adam Grant's book has been a big one here in the last couple of years that has, you know, continued to shift my thinking. But um, those, those two offhand come to mind. Very cool. Well, I have one last question for you, which is how we finish every interview at the Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? <clears throat> um, what do I think that, ma- that makes somebody unmistakable? I, I think um, for me, it, you know, I, I gave the quote, you know, give more than is reasonable. I think most people that are unmistakable um, have let go of the idea of holding back and being afraid of what other people think or, or holding back 5 or 10% because we're afraid to be taken advantage of or, or how are we going to one-up ourselves the next year. And I think the unmistakable, at least for me, has been, you know, doing more than is reasonable and asking myself – what's the most I can do in this situation? And when I've done that, I think that's what's kind of separated me from the pack and, uh, and given me that edge that even though as a farm boy, I've been able to, to do things that, um, and go places and sometimes look around the room and be like, how am I here? Why am I here? And it's, and I think it's, it's been, uh, it's been doing those, those little things, um, really, 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 really well. Hmm. Well, this has been really, really cool. Uh, where can people find out more about your work? Um, if you go to Giftology book, you can, you know, 
check out you know what it's about and, and see some of the videos from you know Jeffrey Gittimer and Darren Hardy and some other guys that are kind of business celebrity types of um, you can go obviously get it on Amazon. Um, been fortunate to hit um, some lists and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, you can also go to Ruling Group if you want to learn about our work and how we help companies um, outsource their gift strategy and logistics and see some of our case studies and, and whatever else. You can follow me on at Ruling on Twitter. And um, yeah, those are kind of the, uh, the, the core, core landing spots for us. Awesome. Well, uh, I will make sure we link everything up in the show notes. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Next time on The Unmistakable Creative. doesn't matter what you did. Literally, you will not do any more than 10 years in prison for anything in Brazil. You kill 50 people, chop them all up, and sell them on the street as barbecue. You're not going to do any more than 10 years, and you're probably going to do less than that because their prisons are so massively overcrowded that there's typically 40, 50, 60 people to a cell that's supposed to hold 10. So they have prison outbreaks on a regular basis because they don't have enough prisons, they don't have enough guards. Now, you've got a guard in Brazil who's guarding a cell that's got 60 people in it that was meant for 10 people, and he's got to move them by himself from one location of the prison to another occasionally, when he opens that door and those 60 people head for the exits, he either dies or gets out of the way. So they have prison breaks on a regular basis. So even if you got sentenced to 10 years in prison for killing 60 people, you're going to be put in a cell with 60 other people and there's going to be a prison break inside of two or three months and you're going to get out. And so they have a lot of problems beneath the surface in, in, in Brazil that they can't deal with mm-hmm. because their prison system is not holding anybody in jail for any length of time. Chris Voss joins us to talk about the Jedi mind tricks of an FBI hostage negotiator. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.